Hi and welcome to our latest One Church podcast. Our vision is to encourage, equip and empower you to discover a life-changing relationship with God. We hope this message will inspire you to discover your full potential. Thanks for listening. So a few weeks ago I brought a message titled Just Eat where we looked at the the hunger pains of the Israelites who were in the, the desert and had been wandering for 40 years and how sometimes when we're waiting on the promised land, we can start to look back and crave the past, even if it's no good for us. And then two weeks ago, I brought a message talking about the value of fruit, how God wants to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit as a testimony of what God's done in our lives to others. He wants us to develop our character and behaviours. So this morning I want to continue on the theme of food because it's no secret that we as a church love our food and now that our February fast is over I believe it's time to feast again. Amen. So let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew 15 verse 21. Matthew 15 21. We all know the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, where he takes a young boy's packed lunch and with only five loaves and two fish, he miraculously multiplies to provide for this massive crowd. But Jesus doesn't hang about. He withdraws from the crowd with his disciples and goes to a quiet place where he, he runs into a local woman from the area, a Canaanite woman whose daughter is possessed by a demon. And she falls at the feet of Jesus and pleads with him to come and heal her daughter. And that's where we pick up on the story this morning. So Matthew 15, 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before, before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, is it not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the do dogs? Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her, and her daughter was healed at that moment. We'll come back to this verse in a moment. Have you ever been in a scenario where you were so hungry that you would literally eat anything. Yes, you have. I mean, I mean anything. I mean the kind of, you know, I'm a celebrity, get me out here level of hunger where you don't care what it looks like, smells like, tastes like. You're so hungry that you would literally eat anything. Well, my wife will testify to, to this, that that is me every single Sunday. By the time we've finished church and jumped in the car, I'm like a wild animal looking for something to eat. And I honestly don't care if it's hot, cold, half-cooked or home-cooked. But by the time I hit that point of desperation, there's nothing that I wouldn't refuse, that I would refuse. 
But no matter how hungry I get, it seems like nobody round about me shares that level of hunger. There's no urgency to let's go and order something or buy something to eat. For example, whenever we go out for a meal with friends, it doesn't matter how ravenous we are. We can't just sit down, look at the menu and order. There always needs to be this discussion that happens about how many courses we're going to have. You know, you know that conversation that always happens. So who's, who's having a starter? Who's having a dessert? The haggis bonbons look nice. Oh, I'm saving myself for my cheesecake. And you're sitting there and they start to read out half the menu. Maybe we should order some olives. Who's having drinks? By which point I am climbing the walls with hunger. But even once we've ordered the drinks, I know we're still no closer to eating. Because every time I go to make my order, there's another conversation that starts about the size of my order. Because if my order comes to three courses, I can guarantee you that my wife will try and talk me down. (laughs) Do you think you really need three courses, Kenny? (laughs) But you only ate three hours ago, Kenny. (laughs) Maybe we could share a starter, honey. (laughs) Uh, Maybe not. So so you're going to have a starter and a dessert all to yourself. That's quite a lot, Kenny. (laughs) Then she goes round the table and starts asking her friends if their husbands are having three courses. (laughs) Like like my level of hunger is offensive or abnormal or unreasonable. But before I know it, because no one else is having a starter, I've backed off, I've shrunk back, and I've reduced my order. If that's you this morning, I believe God wants to stay. Stop compromising your hunger for the sake of others. If you are hungry for more of Jesus, don't apologize. If God has put something in your heart, don't be ashamed. If God has given you a passion, desire, and excitement for something, Don't dial down your fire for fear of approval. It's time to dance like David danced. Amen. It's time to step up and step out, even if you're the only one. If you want more this morning, believe for more. If you want to go large, believe for increase. As long as your heart is pure and you give God all the glory. Because all that will happen is, if you don't, You'll stay small and you'll stay hungry at the table. So the question that I want to ask you all this morning is, how hungry are you? How hungry are you? Not the person next to you, not the person behind you. How hungry are you today? Because some of you are still holding back. Some of you have gifts and talents that are going to waste. Some of you have dreams and ambitions and visions that are lying dormant. You've got resources and finances that are going to waste. Some of you haven't done the last thing that God asked you to do because of what other people will think. You haven't gone large because it might draw attention. 
But what's happening is every time you come to the table, you end up leaving hungry. And it's not because it's not on the menu. It's because someone questioned it and now you've shrunk back. Now you're sitting there suppressing your hunger. So my title for this morning is Every Last Crumb. Every Last Crumb with the subtitle, Nothing's Wasted. Every last crumb is a phrase that still rings in my ears to this day because as a boy, I wasn't allowed to leave the table until every last crumb was, was gone. And it wasn't that my dad was being unreasonable or harsh or unfair. It's because he, he knew the importance of every last crumb. He knew the value and significance of every last crumb. He knew that if I left the table without clearing my plate, the chances are I would come back frustrated, hungry, and looking for more. Which meant growing up, I lived in a house where there was no waste. No waste. Never once did I see my dad scraping food into the bin or throwing waste out to the, the birds. Every last crumb was accounted for. And that's exactly what happened with this Canaanite woman who came to Jesus looking for a miracle. She knew the importance of every last crumb. Because when the disciples asked Jesus to send her away, she refused to leave the table. It says, the disciples came to Jesus and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out to us. But the woman came and knelt before Jesus saying, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Some of you here are facing the same resistance. This says a lot about this woman. Can you imagine coming up against 12 guys, 12 disciples who are trying to send her away? That would be a hostile environment. I can only think of one woman who could face up to 12 men and stay at the table Liz much. But some of you here are facing the same resistance. You're desperately hunger, hungry for breakthrough, but you're facing enormous pushback. Whether it's your own insecurities or it's coming from the voices run about you, the resistance is real. But if this woman had listened to the 12 disciples, she would have wasted her opportunity and compromised her miracle. Her faith, hunger and conviction had to be louder than the, than the resistance around her. Psalm 23 verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What enemies are causing you today to leave the table? Maybe it's doubt, fear or rejection. Maybe it's disappointment or regret. Whatever it is, it's time to get desperate, church. It's time to get desperate because desperation doesn't leave waste. If any of you have forgotten what desperation looks or feels like, just think back to lockdown. Nothing was wasted, was it? Because we were desperate. We savoured every last square of toilet roll. We cherished every piece of bread. We relished every conversation, every Zoom call, and every chap at the door. 
because we were desperate. We were desperate to open the church again. We were desperate to sing and worship. We were desperate to share a coffee and hug one another. We promised to never go back to waste. But over time, familiarity and comfort crept back in and we stopped being hungry. These disciples were far too familiar with Jesus, but this woman was desperate. She was desperate for a touch of God. She was desperate for a miracle. She was desperate for breakthrough. If you're not desperate this morning, I mean desperate for a touch from God, you're not hungry enough. And whenever we're not hungry enough, there's waste. I'll never forget living in my own as a student. I was so hungry, so broke, and so desperate. Whenever I visited somebody, else, somebody else's house, there was never any waste. If you had leftover food, I demolished it. No questions asked. It didn't matter how small, how cold, how burnt. I every last crumb. Because here's the thing about waste. You don't, you can't see waste until you're desperate. You can't feel, you don't know what desperation is until you're willing to eat every last crumb. So I want to test your hunger this morning. I want three volunteers. Richard. <laughs> Cammy and Daniel Campbell, up you come. I want to test, I want to test your hunger this morning. Here, <laughs> here I've got, here I've got the scraps from last night's dinner. Leftover Domino's pizza. How hungry are you guys today? On a scale one to ten, how hungry are you? It's six, salty. Ten. Ten. I'm about five. Five. Six, five, and ten. Okay. There's, there's, they've, they've each get, they've each get two slices. Took these try to size up the smallest one. They've each got two slices to eat. It's been lying out all night. Cammy, you say your hunger is ten. That's a lot of living up to do, mate. So who thinks who thinks Cammy is going to win the quickest? Okay, who thinks Daniel? Oh, mum and dad's vote. Who who thinks our monster man mountain? Your dad. Your dad. <laughs> Okay, let's test their, take, take your positions, guys. We've got we've get spicy chicken and pepperoni. Oh, hey, one slice at a time. And, and your marks get set. Go! Every last crumb. Oh, oh, the countdown. Come on. The countdown. Yay! Oh, we have a winner. Well done, guys. That, that's, that's the kind of hunger that I'm talking about. That's the kind of hunger we need in the church. This woman's breakthrough came because of how hungry she was. 
She wasn't fussy. She wasn't picky or choosy. She was desperate. And she was willing to eat, eat every last crumb. It says, the woman came and knelt before Jesus. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she says. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And sometimes when we're not hungry enough, we become fussy. When we're not desperate enough, we become picky. We become picky about what songs we sing. We become picky about what seat we sit in. We become choosy about when we go to church, what Sunday we go to church. We become fussy about who's speaking that week or who's leading worship. And I believe God is saying, it's time to get desperate again. Desperate for revival, church. Desperate for a harvest. Desperate for household salvation. Desperate for physical healing and miracles. Because sometimes there's too much waste worrying about things that don't matter. This woman's encounter lands slap bang in the middle of two other miracles. One where Jesus feeds 5,000 and the other where Jesus feeds 4,000. But what, what amazes me about these miracles at either side is where Jesus puts all his focus because although he's miraculously fed 5,000 hungry people, all his focus goes to the leftovers. John 6 verse 12 says, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten them. Why does Jesus make such a fuss about the leftovers? He's just fed 5,000 people from two fish and five loaves, but he turns all his attention to the leftovers. Not the main course, the leftovers. What Jesus is doing here is he's teaching his disciples a lesson about waste. He's trying to show them that nothing is wasted. How many know nothing is wasted in God's kingdom? Nothing is wasted. Sometimes as Christian, we put all our focus on the main event, don't we? If we're not part of the 5,000, if we're not involved in the 5,000, if we're not chosen for the main event, if we're not prayed for at the main event, like the leftovers have got somehow get less value or less, it's less powerful or less significance. But there's, but there's no such thing as leftovers when it comes to God. There's no such thing as leftover power. Just like there's no such thing as conference power or devotion power. There's no such thing as pastor power or congregation power. All power belongs to Jesus whether it's the tiniest crumb or the biggest bucket load, God's power is all efficient. If, you, if somebody tells you they've got some other type of power, run a mile, it's toxic. There's no power in fortune telling. There's no power in tarot cards. There's no power in star signs. None. All power belongs to Jesus. 
when the Spirit of God falls and breakthrough comes, it's nothing to do with size, volume or quantity. It's everything to do with how hungry we are. I get people running up to me just before the service starts. Remember to pray for so-and-so and so-and-so. Like, like this mic or this stage has got some sort of power. The Holy Spirit is constantly working and constantly moving among us. There's no such thing as leftover power, leftover anointing or leftover healing. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So every last crumb has the power to impact a situation. Just like every conversation at the school gate, just like every cup of coffee, every text message has the ability to make a difference because nothing is wasted church. It doesn't matter how small or how large. As long as someone is hungry, the Holy Spirit will use it. He'll use even the crumbs. Everything changed for this woman when Jesus seen her level of hunger. Which means your hunger, your hunger has the ability to shift God's attention. Your persistent faith has the ability to transform a situation. Notice how God never went to her house and prayed for the daughter. Notice how God never went and laid hands or spoke to the daughter directly. It was her mother's faith. It was her mother's hunger. Your persistent faith, your resilience, your perseverance, your desperation has the power, the, the power to bring about miracles. I've told this story before, but I'll never forget looking Jillian's mum in the eye and saying, stop praying for me, there's no hope. But she never, ever once gave up. She never once threw away the tiniest little bit of hope. She never once threw away the tiniest little bit of faith. If you want to see breakthrough in your life, don't leave the table. If you want to see an encounter of transformation of the power of Jesus in your life, savour every last crumb and don't throw anything away. This woman refused to give up. She began to plead with Jesus and all of a sudden her situation began to shift. Watch what happens. Jesus said, it's not right to throw to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord. Yes, it is. This woman had, she was hungry. She had real persistent faith. She was desperate. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted and instantly her daughter was healed. She refused to leave the table and she refused to waste a crumb. She grabbed every last opportunity with both hands and wouldn't let go. Where are you desperate this morning? Where are you hungry 
for a touch of God? Where are you so hungry that you refuse to let go? Where do you refuse to throw away the tiniest bit of hope today? Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's your job or your finances. How would your life change today if you refused to leave the master's table? How would you respond differently if nothing was wasted and you savoured every last crumb? Every last crumb of prayer, every last crumb of God's word, every last crumb in worship, how would things change? What conversations would you have if there was no more waste? What step would you take today? What phone call would you make if there was no more waste? Who would you go and tell about Jesus today? Who would you bring to church next week if there was no more waste? Let's be a church who is so desperate for a move of God that we take every last opportunity. Let's cherish every single moment. If you are here this morning and you know that you have settled for less, that you have suppressed your hunger because of fear of failure, because of fear of approval, if you have dialed down your hunger, it's time to come back to the master's table. It's time to stop compromising your faith because God has so much more for you. I want to invite you to the table this morning to take communion and break bread. But before we come, I want us to know the value. I want us to know the value and significance of every last crumb. Although this is a tiny piece of bread, it's no less powerful because it symbolises freedom. It symbolises redemption. It symbolises unconditional love, grace and forgiveness. This isn't the leftovers of the cross. This is Jesus' body that was nailed to the cross. Then three days later, he rose to life. When Jesus died on the cross for you and me, there was absolutely no waste. Every sin was paid for and every soul was accounted for. All we need to do is receive. Let's not leave the table this morning hungry. Let's have hearts that are full of thanks. Let's be full of gratitude. Let's be full of appreciation and gratefulness for the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand.
Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.